Hey everybody, this is Mike Burkholder with Contra Costa News, a podcast for the people and businesses of Contra Costa County. And today I am super excited and sad. I don't know if that's possible. I have Vivian from Boondoggies who announced they are leaving for Texas. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Well, I was good and then now your hot dogs are not going to have you behind it. Well, What's up with that? The hot dogs aren't going anywhere, so that's the good news. Yeah? Yeah, we are um, looking for a buyer who is going to continue with our legacy and just keep everything, hopefully, going the way that it should be going. And I have a couple people interested that I know would be a good fit. Very nice. Now, I know you made the announcement late last week, and you got all the love and sadness. And what was that like? Every You know, we'll get into the, the beginning stages soon, but what was that like to see the reaction? Um, it's overwhelming for sure. I, you know, we know that we have a lot of community support because we've had a couple of things happen over the years when people just came pouring out of the woodworks to support us in any way that they could. And, and they do, they reach out and they say, what can I do? Um, you know, can we donate or can we, do you want us to speak at city council? There's been so many different ways that people have been willing to help us. So we knew there was some support there, but we definitely didn't anticipate uh, people being so sad that we were leaving. So it's sad for us too. We love California. We love this area. It's our home. Uh, you know, my husband and I have lived here. He's lived here his whole life. I've lived here for 12 years. And before that, I didn't live very far away. Usually uh, I lived in Tracy. I lived in Livermore. And so we're from this area. We love this area. We're going to be definitely sad to, to, to leave it. So how'd you decide on Texas? Um, well, my brother moved there a few years ago. I'm blaming him then. That's fine. <laughs> he, uh, he moved there a few years ago. We went to visit for Thanksgiving and, you know, it was kind of in the back of our minds that we might be looking for a place to go in the future. And, uh, when we went to visit, we just fell in love. East Texas is just a different place. It's, um, you know, it's actually really similar to this area. Most people, when they think of Texas, they think it's real hot and dry and flat and there's nothing around for miles but east texas is more um it's a little more hilly and it's green and there's a lot of rivers and creeks and you know similar to out here where everything's connected to the delta i don't know that there's a delta in that area but there are a lot of lakes and um the got a big ocean too yeah the gulf yeah i think we're about two hours away from the gulf but it is um it's a really nice area, and it's the town that we're moving to is small. Like, I think uh, 10,000 people. Small. See, I think if I ever leave, which probably will at some point, like, I just want a complete slower pace of life. Like, this area has gotten nuts. Yeah. I want a good night's sleep. <laughs> no sirens, nothing. Uh, uh, it's quiet. It is. It's really quiet. And, you know, there's a, we live, uh, well, where we're living, it's going to be not too far off the highway. So we're close enough to the town next door, which is um, Tyler, Texas, that okay. anything we ever need is, is 10 or 15 minutes down the road. Perfect. But it is really nice it, it'll, to be out kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it is really quiet. So. All right. So let's let's get started in the beginning. 12 years ago, you come out this way, you meet Lumpy, you work <laughs> there. What was that like? Uh, you know, so when I moved to this area, I was still working at Texas Roadhouse in Tracy. Um, and that was a great job. I really loved it. But it was, um, you know, it was 35 minutes or so commute. And 
it did start to get old. So when I moved to Brentwood, I was looking for something a little closer. And my all of my friends and, you know, a bunch of my family said, hey, you should really check out uh, Lumpy's. So I did. And, um, you know, I, I walked in and I asked if they were hiring or something or dropped an application off or something like that. And I think it took me a couple tries to hook up with Gina. He didn't immediately say, dude, she's an angel. She's in. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think Lumpy was there. I think uh, it took me a couple tries to, to hook up with Gina and then eventually... Um, she was really, uh, I don't think it took her very long. I think she wanted, wanted me to come on because I had some experience and, um, they did, they welcomed me, um, with open arms. And it was after, you know, a couple days, maybe it was the first day. I don't know. I met Lumpy and, um, (laughs) I was, uh, I was having a bad day one day and I didn't know him all that well. And he, uh, so I was, I was trying to, you know, hold back tears. I don't remember what was going on in my life, but I was upset. And, um, I took my break and I ordered a breakfast sandwich and I was eating my breakfast sandwich or, or I think maybe I needed to step out and just take a minute because I needed to compose myself. And I came back and there was a big bite out of my breakfast sandwich <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing, but I was like, what, how, who took a bite? And then Lumpy looked at me and saw that my eyes were puffy and he was like, oh no. Like he thought that he made me cry because he took a bite out of my breakfast sandwich. <laughs> and from there he was like, just so worried that he was gonna offend me or or had done something to make me sad or mad or something like that and I had to tell him you know I got something else going on it's not it's not you little did he know you speak your mind oh yeah always always I think uh he was a he was a person that appreciated that he was um towards the end we we were uh of course everybody was terribly sad um when that whole thing happened it was uh just a, a massive tragedy but he um we were kind of just starting to get to know each other. And I think maybe we had just started spending a lot more time together. My husband had gone with him to a beer tasting at a, nice. at a brewery or something. And they had all gone out to dinner, and, you know, raised hell. And um, we had just like gradually started to build this friendship. And then it was just the shock of my life when I got that phone call. And yeah. um, as with many people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was 35. He was my age. He was yeah. 35, and it was just just never in our wildest dreams did we imagine that that would happen. And that it's definitely influenced uh, me in some How of the so? decisions. Um, so just not that I expect anything like that to happen to me at this age, but you never know. I mean, crazy stuff happens all the time. So I have really made it a point to put certain things in place and train some of my staff accordingly and write things down and kind of leave uh, instruction manuals almost, so to speak, for people just in case, because I would be so, it, just to have a staff go through what we went through after Lumpy passed away, um, I just, I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. So, and that's not to say that he did anything wrong. Nobody would have ever expected that to happen. So, um, so it kind of made you do more systems, get everything in place, which I don't think a lot of business owners actually do. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, see, but it's, you're flying by the seat of your pants. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of things that my staff wouldn't have the first clue about if I just disappeared one day, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy thing. So we, I mean, I love everybody there. I'm so glad that it ended up being, um, Gina's in the end. And I know she's doing a really great job over there. It's been a while since I've been there, but I, if there was anybody that could do it, it was her. So I'm so glad for her. And so then how did you get into the whole hot dog thing? Oh, um, well, hot dogs were kind of an accident, but, um, I, I knew I wanted to work for myself. So 
I actually left uh, Lumpy's. I don't remember what year it was, but I went and my dad owns a commercial paint, or excuse me, uh, was managing a commercial paint company um, in Livermore. So I took a job as a receptionist there just to dip my feet into a different industry and see if that was the thing I wanted to do. And there were there was a path to become an estimator and, and to you know move up in that company. And after about a year, I just realized I was, it was like I was walking uh, in one direction and I was looking in another direction. So I was like, this is not what, this is not for me. This is not what I'm, I want to do. So you so. had your aha moment. Like, uh, yeah. I'm going back to food. Yes. Yeah. I love food and I love people. So then I how knew. hot dogs? Was it because so, you actually had a dog or what? Well, no, actually the, the dogs came after, but we decided, I wanted to try out the food truck thing. The food truck thing was starting to become really popular. I had a bunch of ideas. Before I, COVID. Yes, yeah, <laughs> before COVID. So I, I, w- I wanted to buy a food truck, but I realized that, I mean, those things are like 80 to 100 grand for yeah. a nice one. So I was like, okay, well, let's maybe start a little smaller because I don't want to start out in this massive amount of debt. So I started with a, I was trying to figure out what little, you know, cart or kind of facility I could get into that would uh, ca- create a path for me to become, you know, to buy a bigger food truck. So I found on Craigslist, a hot dog cart for $2,700. And I drove to <laughs> Petaluma and I put the money in the guy's hand and he he gave, he gave me the hot dog cart. So I brought it home and it took some work. I had to, you know, it took us maybe six months to eight months or something like that to get that cart uh, up and running to where it needed to be for us to actually use it uh, to pass health, pass health inspection and everything. So we, um, wow. yeah. so you bought it for 26. How much did it cost to fix up? Oh, I think it was probably another like unavoidable fifteen hundred to two thousand okay. dollars. Not too yeah. bad. So it was just a, like just right around five thousand dollars to get us up and up and running and off the ground. And then once we started going in twenty nineteen, there was just no stopping it. It just took off. It was it was crazy. I just I served lunch outside of Ace Hardware for I don't I don't know it was maybe every Wednesday or something like that to start. And I just everybody I saw I would hand a business card. Nice. Here you go. Here's my business card. And it was, you know, moms that were doing stuff for PTAs. And um, I think one was Victor from Campos Family Vineyards. And he called me up and, hey, can you do a Kelly Pickler concert? And that was one of my favorite events of all time. Um, But you were out there, like, selling yourself and what you were doing. It wasn't like you were – and businesses fall into this all the time of, hey, you got to approach me. You were actually out there doing it. Right, yeah. I was just – everybody that I could get uh, my name in front of, I did. And, you know – it was a little out of my comfort zone at first, and eventually we just uh, found our our stride, and I got you know a couple people to help me out, and uh, things just took off from there. So then we got a call from uh, uh, Ben from Parks and Rec at the city of Brentwood and said, hey, our, uh, we need a concessionaire, and I told him no. I said, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, I can't do that. And I hung up the phone, and my husband said, you better call him back right now. So I did, and uh, we figured out a way that we could do two events at once, and we set up inside their concession stand. And eventually, so at Sunset Park? Yeah, at Sunset. So at Sunset, that kind of turned into a, just everybody was so gracious, and all of those um, sports yeah. people. <laughs> Softball, baseball, soccer. All of, yeah, all of the um, the teams and the leagues and everything just embraced us and they really appreciated our product. And um, after, you know, I just asked everybody, everybody, all, even the little kids that would come to the window, I would say, hey, what is it you want to see us sell? What is it, you know, is it the baby bottle pops? Is it Snickers bars? What is it that you like? And, and after a while, 
we really found our, our groove there and we just kept introducing or taking away whatever it was that we needed to be successful there. And that, that sunset, uh, park contract ended up being a really good thing for us. And then you guys actually got East Bay parks, but then COVID hit, right? Yeah. Um, at the, yeah. at the pond thing over there at Contraloma. So Contraloma was an interesting one. I don't know how, I don't remember how that came about, but we ended up, we bid for that contract and, we opened for a full year. I think it was maybe 2021. And so it actually wasn't COVID that killed that. Oh, no. It was the, the, the repairs. Whole, yeah. The repairs of $5 million or something. Oh, my gosh. It's so much more than that. That's right. Yeah. It's, okay. There was a, there was a, such a bad issue with the pool. I think it was that there was a hole in yeah. the pool. And the water from the lake was, was getting into the pool, the pool. And it was becoming a huge problem. So they had to shut it down. And yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money and take a lot of time to repair. So, yeah. so then you you got that sunset. Um, you got a cool new food. You finally got your food truck. Right. We actually bought that because we thought we were so busy at sunset. We thought we were just going to need an, a secondary location for us to be able to serve that many customers. And it ended up being so popular outside of the park and it needing you know to be booked at schools and other events that we really never used it at sunset. So, so I want people to understand this because. You went through a series of baby steps, challenges, financial, just opportunities, and it didn't happen overnight. How important were those baby steps for you before you finally got your actual brick and mortar location? You know, I'm a very, I'm different from a lot of business owners, I think, or, or people who are looking to get into the business world in that. I'm okay with a little bit of risk, but I'm not okay with so much risk that it could ruin my whole life. So I took these, you know, this tiny cart and I took it and I built it slow. And, and I really, to be honest with you, more than baby steps even was building relationships. So I think that most businesses have the ability to be successful if you have a person behind it who's really good at building relationships. So for me, it was developing those relationships in the community and uh, word of mouth and everybody being willing to allow us to kind of come in and not disrupt. A hot dog cart isn't disrupting anything, but they didn't, uh, people didn't sell me short, which I really appreciated. So they gave us the opportunity, even if it was something that they thought maybe was bigger than us. Uh, And we were really thankful to be right alongside some of the big dogs because there were some, you know, quite a bit bigger food trucks that we were working alongside. And and we were always really thankful for that. So the um, the baby steps, I guess, you know, they felt baby at the time, but really they, they became big steps because we took the big step to to invest in the trailer. Uh, we took the big step to go into Sunset to bid for the contract at Contraloma to bid for the contract at the Brentwood Family Aquatic Center. And it, before I knew it, we were just leaping and it was no longer baby steps. It was massive steps. And then, of course, opening the restaurant downtown was the biggest step of all. So how did that happen? Well, um, the food truck industry is really tough for a lot of reasons. It's kind of interesting. So I saw some of the comments on the post that you made not too oh, long where ago. I, where I go, is food trucks still in type of thing? Or yeah. what do you feel about them? It was really interesting to read some of the comments because, um, y- you know, you read down and it's like people think uh, that food trucks are so much less expensive than a restaurant. And in some ways, yeah, maybe they are. But people don't, I think they just don't know the costs that are associated with, with that. Is So anybody who owns a mobile food facility, no matter what, um, no matter what it is or where you are, you have to have uh, what's called a commissary. So when you have a food truck, it has to basically have a home base. 
um, and your food truck is supposed to be parked there and uh, live there at all times. You prep all your food there and anything that you have to do um, to essentially make that food facility function has to be done out of your commissary. So, and it's not just any place that can be a commissary. They have to be permitted to be a commissary. So there is one way out, um, Balfour, almost to Discovery Bay, uh, Tessa's Community Mm -hmm. Kitchen. So she's got a a commissary out there and there are a couple of them in Concord, um, but they're pretty pricey. They're very expensive. So we did, uh, you know, start out with the commissary and conquered with a hot dog cart. And it, uh, it wasn't crazy at the time, but you know, it, it's been going As time goes on, yeah. Right. So we decided when we got that, um, second trailer, rather than go find somewhere and pay a thousand dollars a month or more to have our a commissary for that trailer, it would make more sense for us to open a shop because there were so many people too, after three years of being in town and, you know, us being open at sunset, there were just so many people messaging me, Hey, where can I get a hot dog today? Hey, how, where can I find you today? And it was kind of like, okay, so there's a need for this in this town. And if we can find a spot in downtown Brentwood, which is really where I wanted to be, um, because I was already a member of the downtown Brentwood coalition. Um, I knew that if we could secure a place where we could open a little restaurant that we could more than likely permit it as a commissary and essentially instead of paying somebody else a thousand dollars i'm paying myself a thousand dollars which i know it's canceling itself out but my rent is is replacing my commissary cost so that's that's the main reason we did that and and you know having a delivery hub to be able to have spar sausage is uh, who makes casper hot dogs so they deliver to us directly so we can order a couple hundred pounds of, of hot dogs at a time i can have Pepsi deliver me 500 or more, you know, dollars worth of Gatorade. And so having that central location to be able to run everything else out of is just turned into a necessity. And just the storage. I mean, geez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being able to store a lot of extra product because, you know, 100 square feet at sunset just isn't enough. (laughs) See, and I like your guys' patio, too. It's just a cool little spot, especially on a, I don't want to say a hot day, Mm -hmm. but a, a a little bit warm, but cool. Like it's just perfect outdoor. It is. And it's tucked in that little corner. So it's protected from the breeze for the most part. It's a, it's a really nice spot. I really love it. I was so thankful to find it. So was there any hesitation? Finally got the spot and you're going for it. Cause I know there's a sweet spot, but some people don't know it. And I think, you know, yours, but just kind of like explain what you were thinking when you finally signed the lease. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that as a lunch spot, we are exactly where we want to be. I mean, we get pretty busy for uh, Wednesday through Saturday for dinner. And especially when there's events downtown, when we have, uh, you know, the parades or uh, Oktoberfest or stuff like that, we can, things can get really crazy. But being a lunch spot is really, it's quite a bit less stress than having to be like a, like a heavy traffic breakfast diner or like a steakhouse, you know what I mean? And being a, a hot dog restaurant, like a boutique hot dog restaurant is really just exactly right because we can uh, do kind of bigger events. We can shut the parking lot down. We can have our little petting zoo every spring that we love to do. And, and that's a really crazy, crazy busy time for us. But um, it is really nice to be able to just kind of have that steady flow of operations and always have something going on in the background, right? Like the store is always open and and got stuff going on but then um being able to use it as our like hub for all of our other operations is just i mean i couldn't ask for a more perfect spot i couldn't ask for a more perfect building our landlords are just the sweetest we really appreciate them too and 
um, yeah, it's been it's been really good for the last few years. So I just don't like I wouldn't don't think I could do the whole. Okay, I'm running a a, a store like a, a restaurant, and then I've got Sunset that I got to manage, and then I've got an event I got to like. Is that overwhelming? It's so overwhelming, <laughs> but um, but staff is the key. Really good staff is the key. Um, I have the staff that we have at our store right now. Really, they have taken the ball that I've given them and they've really run with it. We've done everything we can to train uh, them to be able to place orders on their own. They can handle um, any kind of issue that might arise. They can handle on their own. They know, you know, we've growing myself in a place like Texas Roadhouse and places like Lumpy's where customer, um, you know, relationships are really important. We want to make sure that whoever you are, if you come in, if you're not happy with something, we want to fix that for you. We're, you know, there's a big difference between a Karen and somebody who just doesn't like something. So I, you know, there's plenty of people that don't like hot dogs. Oh yeah. There's plenty of people. Are you one of them? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your guys' best seller? I mean, cause I, I know that everyone, like I always grew up on the whole Casper's cheese dog, like the, the most amazing hot dog ever. You guys are pretty good too. You're right neck and neck in my opinion. Cause with hot Casper's. Dogs. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so what's kind of some of your best sellers? Um, yeah, the Casper way is the one, you know, so my husband grew up going to Casper. Most it's of a nostalgia family. thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we went and we did some research and we realized kind of, okay, almost all of the people that go to Casper, they go for this specific, um, dog. So we named it after the Casper, um, franchise and it's called the Casper way. So you come in and you get your dog and uh, there's some debate about whether or not it's supposed to have cheese on it. Sometimes people say, oh, that's not how you have a Casper dog, but 100% better have cheese on it. I'm with you. That's the way I've always heard it. That's the way, you know, my grandma's always told me is, is how she ordered it. And so you know, they, their cheese is a little different than ours. And we actually use dill relish instead of sweet and people have the option to change that. But yeah, it's, that's definitely our bestseller. See, I like the Chicago one. Yeah, it's a good one too. And there's, you know, we don't do that right either. It is what it is. I think it's your way. Right. Every business has, has to take their own license and and do, uh, you know, what they think is best for their customers. So the real reason that we don't do, um, Chicago dogs quite the right way is because it's very difficult to get sport peppers here. So we opened shortly after, uh, you know, the pandemic was kind of fading and, um, we were having a really hard time getting, sport peppers it just wasn't something we could order um we tried and tried but it was like 20 dollars for a little tiny jar and the supply chain issues were just not making it better so how did that impact you sorry to interrupt you oh no that's um supply chain was a challenge definitely um <laughs> honestly i just pulled my hair out for a year, about a year <laughs> that was really it it was just you know we our ma- major supplier is u.s foods so when we would go to order whatever we had to order from U.S. Foods. It was just a matter of finding a replacement. And U.S. Foods didn't always have a replacement that would work for us. If that was the case, we would have to go to Sam's Club or Costco or or even, uh, what's the other one, Smart and Final, and just kind of find something that would work. So it was just a really tough year of, of having to supplement whatever it was that we couldn't get. And there were periods of time where we just had to do without uh, whatever it was. And we would let our customers know, hey, you know, supply chain issues, I can't get this right now. And so it caused us to adapt in certain ways, for example, the Chicago dog. um, And then in other ways, it just 
it just was something that hung us up for about a year. And then it finally started to straighten itself out after that. So we, ha- we haven't had really many issues since then. I've always been curious because um, being in the food industry, not me, but you, like how much time do you spend on creations? Um, like new items? Just new item. Like you're just going to try different hot dogs, try different mixtures of whatever you want to put on the menu. Like how much testing is or trying out stuff? Well, my favorite thing to experiment with is our milkshakes. So we have a, I really love milkshakes. I think it's one of my favorite things that we do. It's not necessarily one of the most popular, but I love to do like a seasonal milkshake. So I would say maybe once a month or so I get a hair and just decide, okay, this, this year I want to try this kind of milkshake or, you know, and some of them work and some of them don't. And the ones that are pretty good, we'll usually put out as like a seasonal thing. So our Strawberries and cream is our Valentine's Day shake. And then, of course, we'll bring the shamrock shake back. For, that thing's um, good. Yeah, for um, St. Patrick's Day. it's That's one of the best ones we've ever come up with. Um, I mean, it's not really that original, but it's cool. It's fun to do. So. It's a fun one. It pictures well. It tastes yeah. good. Kids love it. I think uh, ours is better than McDonald's. Just saying. Well, anything's better than McDonald's. <laughs> Other, I mean, you guys' french fries are actually pretty close. Yeah, our French fries are really close, and I've heard they have like a proprietary oil and stuff. So we're never going to get it exactly That's the same. close, and we're not trying to be exactly the same. We're just trying to be, you know, those are my favorite French fries. So when I decided I wanted to do fries, we went for you know something as similar as we could get. So nice. Um, so if you could describe this journey, like just. From being a waitress to now a business owner, now it's for sale. Like, I mean, what do you think of your journey? Um, you know, it doesn't feel, uh, there's definitely a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes. Like I feel, I feel like how can this be my life all of a sudden? But, um, at the same time, I remember, you know, the weeks when I just had that overwhelming sense of, um, being fulfilled. You know, I just, I worked really hard this week or I secured this contract or I secured this lease or whatever it was. And it just, you know, little baby steps along the way, you know, being kind of proud of myself after each little milestone that we accomplished. And, um, it's just, it's not, um, it's not that I have this like overwhelming sense of pride wow look what I did I'm so great like it's it's not that at all it's more it more seems to me like anybody could do this anybody could do this you know and well anybody could do that but it's the work ethic and the ideas in your head that's that differentiates you're right it it there is definitely a work ethic aspect to it if if uh if somebody you know, has all these big dreams and they don't have the follow through, it's a lot harder, but you have to find that perfect mix of ambition and willingness to do it. You know what I mean? There's a few things that have like, I'll tell you, when you really don't want to do something, you have to do it anyway. You know, when it's been a long week already and there's something that you have to handle or whatever it is, you just, you just have to do it. Or even, even something like, uh, just showing up's half the battle. Well, right. And so, yeah, so, so being consistent, showing up and, um, you know, when somebody has something to say or complains about something, it's almost (laughs) like a knee jerk reaction to, to, to my world, to sass them back. But for the most part, all of that stuff can be handled in a civil and polite way. And 
I would say 99% of the people that come at me sideways, so to speak, end up being my friend afterward because I tell them, look, you're, I know you're not upset about this. I know you're not upset about this hot dog bun. So well, let's take care of that. And then we'll figure out how we can make you happy. And it's never about the hot dog. It's never about the thing being wrong. It's usually something, something else, else going in on in that person's life. All yes, right. So, so let, me, let me ask it this way then. What's the best criticism you ever got that you're like so pissed about, but then it actually turned out to be a good thing? Oh, goodness. It was the hot dog buns. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> we had, uh, it took us probably, I think six months, six full months, maybe, maybe even a little bit longer to get our steamed bun situation to be just right. Um, we tried a lot of different methods and just nothing was right. It was either too soggy, not steamed enough, or, um, you know, somewhere in the middle that was mediocre. So we finally fine tuned this system and it is a ridiculous system. It's like rocket science. It's stupid. I hate it, but it produces the best buns. They're nice and soft. They're steamed the perfect amount. And everybody is thankful that we overcame that. So you finally get it and then you're leaving. Okay. Yeah. I see how this works. It feels that way about everything in the business. I have finally got it to a point where, um, I'm not having to work as long a weeks. Most of my staff is comfortable in their roles and taking on extra responsibility and making it so that it is really easier for me to step back and do the creative thing. So instead of 90 hours, you're working 80? It's a little less than that. But <laughs> no, it's re it's really, it's been a joy to get here and it's at a place now where, um, where I can focus on the things that I love, right? I love to be in that food truck, that in that trailer and doing and serving people and, um, you know, going to school events and fundraisers and all the stuff that we do in that trailer. That's my favorite spot. That's where I want to be. That's what I like to do, um, you know, as well as other creative aspects, like you said, trying new recipes and creating new hot dogs and doing, you know, menu updates and upgrades and all of that stuff. That's my favorite part of the business. And, you know, of course, aside from just talking to people, I love going to the store and, you know, I would say 80% of the people that walk in the door are friends of mine. So it's really, those are the things that I love to do. And now that we've set the business almost not necessarily on autopilot, but more on cruise control than it has been for the past five years. Um, now I have time to do all those things and now we're headed out. It's all the overnight success. Yeah. Overnight success. <laughs> so, so are you going to miss the hot dog suits? No. The costumes? No, no, no? they're not flattering. <laughs> You know, the looks are fun. I, the, you know, we, we've done the... Um, it was so great in the parade to oh just yeah. see you guys, and I got that one pair. I'm like, dude, these people are awesome. The, the 4th of July parade was like the highlight of, of my five <laughs> years, probably. That is, it was so much fun, it, you know, and the kids getting to see us in our hot dog suits and throwing candy and dancing in the, in the parade, it, it was definitely a highlight for sure of, of, of the entire process. Um, so, but no, they're hot and sweaty and gross and, uh, I, it would make me dehydrated so much faster. I, no, I will not miss it. I will. So do they the come with owner. the business? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, they do. you know, I can't get away from this interview without asking you because you just did the last year with the downtown Brentwood coalition, uh, president, right? No, uh, no, I'm a special events chair, special events chair, mm -hmm. whatever, same thing. But, uh, <laughs> what was that like to just work with downtown and where they're headed from your perspective. Um, how has that just helped you? Um, you know,
You know, it's really been a privilege. I did not expect uh, Amy Tilly to ask me to be a member um, of the board. I really didn't think, I just thought I'm so young and my business is so new. I thought, what could I possibly have to offer? And um, of course, so I underestimate myself, right? And I'm, I know I've done a lot of events um, with the trailer, with the business and and I do have a, a little bit of expertise when it comes to that stuff. So uh, when it did kind of start to uh, become like a role for me, when when we did, I did start attending. I was how do you call it? Elected, uh, nominated. nominated. I think it's nominated. When I was nominated for the board, and then and then it, my application was accepted. Um, it just, you know, it didn't take me long. I think maybe it was one or two meetings, and I felt right at home. And they've all been just really welcoming and um they don't look at me like I'm the youngest most inexperienced one in the room even though I am um and they take my opinion uh they take me seriously which I appreciate I just think the downtown coalition I mean these events are phenomenal they are great they're economic drivers to all the businesses I know that um just from what I've seen that They've worked their butt off to include all the smaller businesses that maybe don't have as much visibility that are kind of hidden in the buildings. Like, I think that's a great asset. Yeah. Um, Amy, you know, one of the best decisions that the city ever made was to come to that MOU with mm-hmm. uh, to hire an executive director. And I can't say enough good things about Amy. And, you know, I know this isn't necessarily the forum, but I was really thankful when we did attend that city council meeting to see everybody come out of the woodworks and to see the entire city council unanimously support her and the phenomenal job that she's done because the results speak for themselves. It's game changer. Oh, yeah. I mean, she grew the social media pages. She did. She just put all of these systems in place to help this thing run. You know, if if she got, what do you, what do you call it? She essentially gave us a hit by a bus binder. Um, so <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> no. So she, uh, she's really done a, an incredible job and, and it does seem like all of the new board members are really invested in creating an organization that has everybody's interests at heart. Um, and it has been really interesting to see the success of, of the newest or the, the, the new board's taking the reins and going with it. Yeah, to see to see Amy <laughs> and and the board really taking the in the direction that we're go, taking us in the direction that we're going. So, what's your timeline now on on you know your it's up for sale? I mean, what what's the timeline you're looking at before you're gone? Oh, um, well, we sold our house. Oh. We have to be out by March fifteenth, but <laughs> so that's pretty soon. That was fast. Yeah, um, but. We actually, that was the first thing we did. So uh, we just, you know, wanted it to be the last thing we had to worry about. But um, I essentially need to find a buyer for this business that's, uh, sorry, I'm looking for the perfect buyer. Mm -hmm. As you should. They need to be the perfect buyer. So I need to, I need to. You want a lumpy situation. Yeah, exactly. So, so whoever it is needs to be willing to take this in the direction that it's moving and to care about this community. And, um, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like they won't be able to change anything. Like, of course there's always room for improvement, but, 
um, to find somebody who cares about it as much as we did and who can appreciate the involvement in the community, not just with the DBC, but with the whole community, you know, and we do, cause we do a lot with schools yeah. and, and uh, we do fundraisers, we do dine-in fundraisers, we do stuff with our trailer and we're usually, we're doing everything we can to give back to our community because I think that that's the goal of having a small business is being involved in your community. So. I think, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that you've given back to the community will never be known. Not, not, and, I, and I'm saying this the wrong way, but it's, it's underappreciated because people just don't know how much you and your husband have given back and the man hours that you guys have put in. You just, no one's going to ever know. Yeah, that's probably true, but that that part doesn't matter to me at all. It's you know I don't need anybody to know what we've done. Or and to be honest with you, I have a lot of people say, "You do so much for the community," and again, the imposter syndrome comes back because I don't really know if I've done enough. You know, I don't feel like oh we've done all these great things, but we do try. Sure. You know, we do make our best effort to be um, a a beneficial part of. Um, these schools fundraising. So uh, we do, you know, every time we get a letter for a crab feed and I, I mean, what, what is it? 55 crab feeds? 57. 57 and that's just what I list. Crab feeds. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's some that I could that are a little further out and like Tracy, um, San Jose. I mean, I could go, oh my gosh. It, I could do over a hundred if I really want to do, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. I just wish everyone would enter their events in the calendar. That would make my life so much easier. Right. But it's a community service that I do because I just want people to know what's going on. Yeah. I appreciate the effort that goes into all of that. I can't, I mean, I don't even know what it would be like to feed hundreds and hundreds of people a crab dinner. <laughs> That's so crazy. But, uh, you know, every every chance we get, we do try to donate raffle prizes. And, and uh, you know, we can't obviously totally break ourselves no. giving you know, endless amounts of gift cards to uh, 55 crab feeds. But we do uh, try to support the causes that are near and dear to our hearts. And, um, yeah, it's been, I don't know, I wouldn't say, you you know, we're so great, we've done all this stuff. I, I wouldn't say that. But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely fulfilling, I think, to know that you have had enough of a, an effect on the community that they – they think so highly of you. Well, and, and, and I want to kind of circle back to that in the beginning because when you made that announcement, I'm sure you heard from people that you might not have talked to in a long time or knew they felt that way. I mean, what's what's the whole thing been like? I mean, it's kind of odd, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, mostly people are happy for us. Um, I've had... So we, we kind of kept this close to our chest for a long time and didn't publicly announce because we had some stuff going on in the background that we needed to resolve before we could publicly announce. But um, I would say um, I've had even a lot of people reach out that I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that's always fun so it's been really nice to to kind of reconnect with people and for to say uh you know hey we should get together before you leave and and we'll do we'll probably do a going away party at the store and um it'll be really just my pleasure to sit and talk to as many people as want to come and and talk to people who whose lives we've maybe had an effect on that I don't even most of the time, I will recognize people's faces. I, I'm not the best with names. I really do try hard to remember people's names, but I'm just, 
I'm not as good as I would like to be. So a lot of times when I'm scrolling through social media, I don't necessarily know who it is that's commenting. But when they walk into the store, I see their face and I know they're my friend. So that's kind of a hard thing when you meet so many hundreds of people so often. I'm the same way as faces I know. And then everyone's like, hey, brother, that's kind of how I do it now. Yeah. Hey, you, hey, how are you doing? You know? Yeah, how's you just, the family? It's too many people. But I love them. I love them as much as I love my best friends. And then throw in know. the kids, too. Yeah, 100%. So then you got even more people. Oh, yeah. And they love our wiener dogs, man. So anytime I bring the wiener dogs, we're getting everybody's coming, flocking to say hello. And, and I'm, really, I'm really thankful for those people. Like, even if I can't necessarily remember your name just know that i love you from the bottom of my heart and i'm sorry i can't remember your those name. dogs i mean when you're throwing the little tennis ball watching them run it's just the funniest thing oh and then yeah. they slide oh yeah oh it's <laughs> hilarious it is hilarious you, you know and they they actually really i have to say are going to appreciate living in texas more than um more than some dogs i think would they are I know people kind of think of wiener dogs as lap dogs and house dogs and everything, but these dogs are runners. They love to run. And so when we're out on that property, even with no fence line, they go out and they run around with my brother's dogs and just all day long. You would not believe how fast those little legs are. Really? They are fast. I wouldn't assume that. My my boy is not that fast, but my girl, man, she can keep up with those big dogs. It's hilarious. (laughs) Well, um, as we wrap this up, any advice to somebody that maybe wants to start a business or get into the food industry? I mean, what, what's kind of your advice? Oh, I didn't think about that question. Um, well, neither did you when you got into hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my advice to somebody who's trying to start a business, a food business, is um, – Don't get so stuck in your vision, your exact vision of what you think it's supposed to be. Because if you are just, you know, kind of doggedly following this exact vision that you're trying to accomplish, there's a chance that you're going to miss an opportunity um, that may come along from being a little bit more open-minded. So if you get into a situation where you all of a sudden are kind of steered in another direction. Don't be afraid to explore that other direction because there's a lot of uh, potential, especially when you hear it from other people. It's really, it's, it's a def, it's definitely a difficult thing, especially as a, a woman and a young woman in this business. I cannot tell you how many men have come to me and said, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. And it gets old it for sure gets old (laughs) sometimes but they are sometimes their advice is helpful so for the most part when I hear that sometimes I'll take it with a grain of salt and say okay this isn't really a person that I need to be taking advice from but in some cases it was like okay well you know this person has a successful business or this person does this with their life and it is somebody that I should maybe think about taking advice from and or take that advice and make it your own. But um, but yeah, just don't get tunnel vision. Don't get stuck in this one worldview of how you want things done and kind of be open to exploring other things because that's kind of what happened with me, right? I'm, not, I'm nowhere near where I thought I was going to be. Um, I thought I was going to buy this hot dog cart and I thought I was going to work lunch Monday through Monday through Thursday and take every weekend <laughs> off for forever. I thought we were just going to be in that steady little bubble of income for, and it, that's just not even close to where we ended up. So, um, you know, I think that 
being flexible is important. Being open, open-minded is important and being willing to have the conversation with people, even if in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm not going to do any of this. It's still, it can be helpful. I love, I love that answer. That, that is just so spot on because you, number one, you have to be open in any business to number one, criticism, suggestions, but also realize who not to take advice from and who to actually listen to. Right. Because if I took, you know, advice from all these people that said some of my moves were career killers, well, they were wrong. Right. But if I had listened, I probably would have been killed. But that was such a great answer. Well, I think if, uh, you know, not to, I hope this isn't offensive in any way, but I think that it's really important to assess the person that's giving you the advice, right? You're considering the source. If the person that's giving you the advice is not somebody you aspire to be like, don't take that advice. If it's a person who you look up to and, you know, essentially surround yourself with people that are not better than you, but people that are you're like what you're aspiring to be like and, you know, you consider take a lot of those people won't give you advice, by the way. So they don't. You really have to, you have to observe. <laughs> yeah. When, when somebody who's in a position that you admire and you aspire to be like is willing to give you a little gem, take that gem and think it, you know, maybe think about improving whatever you're doing with that. It's another gem. Yeah. <laughs> you're full of them. Yeah. You write a book before you go. No. <laughs> I thought um, I would, but. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap this up? Because I, I know we could do this um, business roundtable if we got three or four other people in the room, but. Um, I just had to get this out because I'm so sad to see that you guys are leaving. I'm like, no, this sucks. You know, I, but in the background, I knew something was going on because you were posting a little differently. You were yeah. like, what the hell is going on here? I'll just wait till she reveals it. Oh gosh. I'm not good at, I'm not good at holding it, keeping a secret or holding, holding it in. So it's been such a relief to finally get it off our chest and be able to be public about it. But um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I would just say, don't be sad for us. We have really big, exciting things that we are looking forward to in Texas. We are, it is a step up for us, uh, not a step down. So we are really looking forward to what comes of this. And um, I would say, you know, if it's ever something that you're interested in, please follow along with us on social media because, um, oh no, I can't say that because we're not going to keep Boondoggy social media. Well, you have your own. Yeah. No, I'm not. Just have the wiener dog one. Create a (laughs) wiener dog social. I would just say if there's a way, you know, if you'd like to keep in touch personally, um, you know, we we may end up doing something in the way of a YouTube channel kind of updating our progress. And um, as for boondoggies, I am trust trust that I am looking for absolutely the 100% correct person. I, it doesn't even necessarily have to be my favorite, but it's going to be the correct person to take over the business who I can see has a vision for it, has a passion for it, and uh, loves this community and wants to um, enrich the area uh, as much as they can. So don't, you know, have faith. I'm going to <laughs> find you the best candidate possible and let's just pray that they keep serving Caspers forever because I know that's a lot of the reason that people come to see us. Well, I look forward to that announcement. I definitely appreciate your time. Um, and hopefully we have a few more announcements from you before you guys leave. And whatever I can do in the meantime, let me know. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for everyone else, do me a favor, hit like, subscribe, and share, and visit me at ContraCosta.news, and I will see you next time. Take care.